The bottom line is that if you're a compliance professional, you need to familiarize yourself with the policies and procedures and materiality assessments of ESG. But remember, probably 80% of what you do as a compliance professional, if looked at in a different light, would really fall under the S and the G of ESG. ESG has exploded into compliance and business consciousness in 2021. Join Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, on the ESG Report and learn about sustainability risks, opportunities, and issues that business leaders and compliance professionals need to know about regarding ESG. This is Tom Fox. I'm going to take a solo turn today as I'm going to continue my evangelism on why I believe the compliance function is the most well-suited to run a corporate ESG program. I'm going to take a look at the materiality assessment and ESG policies and procedures and hopefully explain why a compliance professional is really the person to lead these efforts. The materiality assessment. Every compliance professional should be aware of what a risk assessment is and its importance in any compliance program. Numerous regulatory frameworks state that it might be the key foundational mechanism to identify corporate risk for any corporate compliance program. However, in the ESG world, you need to understand the material ESG matters for your organization. This transforms a risk assessment into a materiality assessment, which is the starting point from which you manage your non-financial risks and opportunities. A systemic materiality assessment helps determine what topics should be considered in the business or sustainability strategic development. In performance measurement and in reporting, a materiality assessment is the starting point for an overall sustainability framework. It clarifies the strategic focus helps define the suitable goals and KPIs, and sets the framework for internal and external communication. In a materiality assessment, potentially relevant topics are evaluated from different perspectives to gain a comprehensive picture of the expectations of your business and its impact on society and the environment. According to SustainServe, some topics must be deliberately left out in order to focus on the most relevant areas. This allows you to ensure long-term business success, meet stakeholder expectation, and contribute to sustainable development. Through the exchange with your stockholders and stakeholders, you will be able to gather insights into their needs and expectations vis-a-vis your company and also strengthen your relationships. KPMG has said, To be valuable and credible, the development of ESG reporting practices depends on a holistic approach to your material ESG matters, not merely the extraction and, in some cases, extrapolation of historic ESG data within your organization. However, KPMG sees the materiality assessment as broader in context and believes it should be used as a strategic business tool with implications beyond corporate responsibility or sustainability reporting. This is because it provides an opportunity to apply sustainability lens to business risk, opportunity, trend setting, and enterprise risk management processes. Rather than creating a separate isolated process, leading companies embed sustainability thinking within existing processes. KPMG believes the benefits can be broad and varied and include some or more of the following. Ensuring business strategy takes into account significant 
social and environmental topics, and the management of sustainability issues is embedded in wider business processes. Identifying trends on the horizon, such as water scarcity or changing weather patterns that could significantly impact your company's ability to create in the long term. Prioritizing your resources for the sustainable issues that matter most to your business and stakeholders so you can focus time and money on the most important topics, on collecting relevant data. Highlighting areas which you need to manage and monitor that are important but currently not addressed. Identifying areas of interest to the most important stakeholders and enabling you to report concise information that gives a meaningful picture of progress to those who need it. Helping to identify where your company is creating and reducing value for society. And TIA Group believes the materiality assessments should be viewed as a formal exercise aimed at engaging stakeholders to find out how important specific ESG issues are to them. Insights gained can be used to grade strategy and communication and help you tell a more meaningful sustainability story. They provide a seven-step approach to conducting a materiality assessment. Number one, identify internal and external stakeholders. Number two, conduct some initial stakeholder outreach. Number three, identify and prioritize what you want to measure. Number four, design your materiality survey. Number five, launch your survey and start collecting insights. Number six, analysis. And number seven, moving into action. And TIA Group ends by noting that sharing your materiality assessment results can serve as a starting point for continuing the conversation and maintaining engagement with your sustainability initiatives. Welcome feedback from all stakeholders who view your materiality assessment results so that you can keep the conversation flowing after the assessment is complete. In addition, incorporate your findings into overall sustainability strategy so you can create communications plans for each group and more effectively tell your company's sustainability story. The steps that I've laid out should both be familiar and comfortable for every compliance professional. As you move into a greater role in your organization around ESG, you will be already or rather ready to begin the process with a materiality assessment. Next up, policies and procedures. There are numerous reasons to put some serious work into your ESG policies and procedures. They are certainly a first line of defense when stakeholders come knocking. Having ESG policies and procedures that outline responsibilities for compliance within the company, detail proper internal controls, auditing practices, and documentation policies are critical for public companies under ESG regulatory scrutiny. The SEC and other regulators will take a strong view against a company that does not have a well-thought-out and articulated set of ESG policies and procedures, all of which are systemically reviewed and updated. Moreover, Having policies written out and signed by employees provides what some consider the most vital layer of communication and acts as an internal control. Together with a signed acknowledgement, these documents can serve as evidentiary support if a future issue arises. In other words, my document, document, document mantra applies just as strongly in the ESG area as it does in the area of anti-corruption. Additionally, a company's ESG policy to provide a basic set of guidelines for employees and others to follow. ESG policies should give general prescriptions and should be supplemented by more specific measures. By establishing what is and what is not acceptable behavior, a company helps mitigate the risks posed by employees who might not always make the right ESG choices. Brian Silliman and Alexandra Pope 
suggested that an organization should focus their ESG policies and procedures that are applicable generally with respect to your industry and then give greater specificity to the conditions, operations, and geographic footprint of your particular company. In the area of environmental, that can mean your organization's contribution to climate change, including energy use, such as carbon footprint, use of clean energy, waste management, pollution, resource conservation, impact to habitats, and environmental remediation. From there, you can consider if your organization has opportunities to promote positive change in reducing energy loads, expanding organic food production, or adopting techniques that repair environmental damage. Moreover, with the passage of the Germany Supply Chain Act and other legislation such as the UK Anti-Slavery Act, both regulators and investors want to see companies consider their own operations and impacts arising from their own supply chain. In the prong of sustainability, what are your policies and procedures around the conduct that affects your organization's relationship with human communities, from employees to customers and local communities where the company operates? Obviously, social justice is a key component, but it quickly expands out to working conditions, whether a state will provide basic social health care services and employ health and safety. From there, it can include such disparate topics as child care, education, equal opportunity, pay equity, financial inclusion, job creation, and social justice. Companies that make products that have the potential to harm people like guns, toxic materials, alcohol, and other addictive substances have special considerations in this regard, but all companies must justify having physical operations in geographic locations, which will not protect employees from mass shootings or even pandemic-related threats such as COVID-19 or the Delta variant. In the area of governance, compliance continues to play a key role. Here, consider your organization's policies and procedures relating to regulatory compliance and the conduct of officers and directors and expectations of integrity as set by the top of the organization. The concerns are as varied as ranging from accurate and transparent financial reporting to executive compensation practices, diversity and inclusion, avoidance of conflicts of interest, sexual harassment, and corruption policies. Governance policies and procedures should also evaluate the composition of boards of directors or executive teams to assess whether representatives to those bodies are well-suited to address concerns of all stakeholders and potentially ESG risks. The company Cowan has incorporated these concepts into its corporate ESG statement. In the area of environmental, it states, Owen recognizes the world faces environmental challenges and is committed to promoting a healthy environment. As an organization that engages in global financial markets, we believe that businesses can and should do things to promote a positive influence in matters that improve the world. In the area of sustainability, at Cowan, we provide ourselves in the longstanding culture of respect and empathy for our employees and the community at large. We employ fair pay practices, which ensure Cowan's pay practice is competitive with the markets for the same or similar jobs, qualifications, and experience. We believe that diversity and inclusion strategies are the catalyst for success and innovations in the workplace. We believe that differing opinions and lived experiences are valuable to support our business overall. Wellness, both physical and financial, is the cornerstone of our employee benefit program. Our programs such as emergency backup, elder care, child care, subsidized health club memberships, and flexible working arrangements help employees balance work, life, family life, and more effectively. We also create partnerships with vendors that share a commitment to our sustainability. Vendors engaged in providing products and services to Cowan are expected to act in a manner that is consistent with our code of business conduct. During 
vendor evaluations, Cowan takes appropriate steps to ensure ethical business practices, labor and human rights, vendor diversification and inclusion, environmental stewardship, management systems, and governance are considered. We intend to further improve our social impact across our organization within our greater community. Finally, in the area of governance, Cohen states, strong governance, ethical business practices, and prudent risk management are critical ingredients to Cowan's achievement of its goal for long-term creation, for value creation for shareholders, and driving sustainability. Corporate governance guidelines assist boards in the exercise of its responsibilities to promote effective functioning of the board and its committees. Clearly, a compliance function has a large role in filling out these policies and procedures, but I quoted at length from the Cowan ESG statement because that, in many ways, reads like a code of conduct. I hope you will see from all of the concepts I've talked about today, from materiality assessment to policies and procedures, this is directly in the wheelhouse of the compliance professional. Yes, I understand that in the environmental sphere, you may need a more technical subject matter expert to help you with certain environmental issues, but that oversight can be done by the compliance professional. We've had numerous examples where chief compliance officers have moved to sustainability and ESG leading roles in their companies. Kim Yapchai at Tenneco, Paige Motes at Dell are two that immediately come to mind. I think it's going to be something that every compliance practitioner needs to focus on because clearly ESG is going to be with us for some time. And I heard a key point today. This is not regulatory driven. This is driven by shareholders, by stakeholders, by customers, by the business side of things. And when you get the business side of things driving new innovations rather than response to regulatory requirements, such as compliance programs designed to fulfill obligations under the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act or protect a company if they uh, get into FCPA trouble, you can immediately see the difference and why ESG is here to stay. The bottom line is that if you're a compliance professional, you need to familiarize yourself with the policies and procedures and materiality assessments of ESG. But remember, probably 80% of what you do as a compliance professional, if looked at in a different light, would really fall under the S and the G of ESG. So I hope you'll think about these concepts. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me. You can email me, of course, at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. I hope you will subscribe to the ESG Report, the podcast on which this episode appears. And also subscribe to my blog, the FCPA Compliance and Ethics blog. It's an award-winning blog, and I'm taking up lots of ESG topics, so you're going to find a lot of ESG information for the compliance professional in these blogs. This is Tom Fox. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back next week with another guest for the ESG Report.